Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. What's up, AfterBuzz fans? We're here breaking down sacred lies. What a show. Oh my gosh, we have so much to discuss. We have Dr. Wilson and like, what are his intentions? We have Juvie and it's many, many rules and so much more. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Oh, damn. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to AfterBuzz. This is a Sacred Lies after show for Facebook Watch. What a show. Ugh, I cannot be, cannot wait to break this all down. I'm your host, Juliet. I'm here with Dakota. How are you doing, Dakota? I am so excited. This is, like, so exciting. Like, Facebook and, like, Facebook Watch. I'm, like, super obsessed with their content and so happy to be here. Oh, Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. This show, I am, like, loving it. I know there's three episodes and I wanted to binge the next two so badly, but <laughs> I restrained myself and yeah. I'm proud of myself for doing so. <laughs> Evan, how are you doing? I'm hanging tough, man. It's hot out there, you know. New kids on the block. You gotta hang tough, but um, good to be here. Happy to be here. Um, nice to see you guys. Yeah. You too. <laughs> uh, well, we have a really, really packed show for you guys, and we have a very, very exciting guest yeah. who is here with us, Rochelle, Ta- Rochelle Talker. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome to After Buzz. Like, again, just kudos to you. This show was just really had my attention the whole way through, and some great writing there, some just... Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this experience of bringing this book from a written form to what we were able to see tonight? It's been a long process. I optioned the rights to a YA novel called The Sacred Lives of Minnow Bly about three years ago. And I was I was about 20 pages in, and I fell madly in love with this character in this world, and I'd never seen anything like it. So I spent my own money mm-hmm. to buy the option, and my agents were like, you know, you could we could get you a real job. We could get you, <laughs> should get you paid. Um, and I just felt that I needed to make the story, and I needed to be the person to make it happen. And so... We took it around to every network, and everyone was like, interesting, but no thanks. I think people were really afraid of uh, a female protagonist with no hands, mm-hmm. and particularly for this demographic, the grimness of the fairy tale elements. It was a lot, I think, and uh, people weren't really sure it would work as a show. So I thought it was all over and done with and dead. I went on to go make a season of Jessica Jones, which was really super fun. I was in New York producing that show when I got the call from Facebook, and Mm -hmm. they were buying the whole show straight to series. And they said, how fast can you make this thing? (laughs) And uh, that was pretty... I mean, it it was full on from that moment. We put a room together. We... Went straight into writing all these scripts and and shooting, and we just finished shooting like less than two months ago, and we're still in post production right now, finishing up the last three episodes as we're premiering on Facebook. Wow, that's that's so exciting! How is that different from other shows that you've worked on? Well, I can. They're all different. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no one formula, especially now. TV Mm. is made in all different kinds of ways. But for instance, as an example, Jessica Jones, it took. almost two years to make season two. So I had, you know, I don't know, six months. I mean, it's a really, it's a really different experience, experience. but I will say that 
we all got on board and we just, we really wanted the show to come out in the summer, particularly for the young adult audience that we were really trying to reach. And so we, we all got our, our butts in, in, in gear and, and just made the very best show we could. And it was, it was really exciting and actually so gratifying to make something and then be able to put it out so quickly and have people react to it so fast. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Right. Well, all that excitement really shows. I mean, I think it just came together so beautifully and we're going to be breaking down just different plot points, a little bit about uh, Dr. Wilson and uh, this new world, leaving a cult, entering juvie and all those rules. But before we do, guys, can you tell me a little bit about your overall thoughts as this show, this first episode is a standalone, Dakota? Yeah, honestly, just as a standalone for this episode, as I was getting into it, it was very, I loved how very quickly you could tell kind of what it was going to be about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with episodes of shows, you, you have to watch a few episodes before you really get to know what's going on. And it was very clear what was happening as soon as it started. And within like five minutes, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm obsessed with the storyline. And it was very clear what was happening. We, we all talked about how it moved very fast, mm-hmm. but not too fast to where you didn't know what was going on, which I loved. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think everything is just so concise, and the pacing works for it so well. Mm-hmm. This was only a half an hour, and I feel like it felt like a whole like two-hour movie, honestly, because you packed so much into it, but it never felt rushed. Like I feel like I really was getting to know these characters. It gave me so many like vibes of different shows that I love. Orange is the New Black, Dakota, Dakota and I were talking about um, some Twilight in there, just with all the woodsy sort of elements, and I don't know. It's coming together really, really awesomely, um, just combining a lot of different elements that it's working really well together. Yeah, yeah, like I just like the way um like you, you really don't know what's going on. There's like there's a lot of mystery to it right now and it's very it's very subtle. Um I like that you see a strong female lead out of nowhere. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a different place, a better place with, you know, like a strong lady that's gonna lead even like despite the handicap, she's like very handy capable like she says in the mm-hmm. in the show. And it's just really good to see like that that strong female element in a very different difficult situation at the moment to see it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with her. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I read somewhere that you guys worked with some uh, physical disability consultants. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? How was it working with them? Well, one in particular, her name was Christy Sita, and she's a professional dancer, and she's the same age as Elena Kemporis, who plays Minnow Bly. She came onto the show three weeks before production when Elena showed up, and she worked with Elena every single day both on the physical interpretation of this character, but also on the emotional story. Christy is um, a dancer who lost her hand at the same age that Minnow is um, in our story. She lost it in a boating accident. And her whole life changed at that moment. She'd been trained to be a professional dancer, and suddenly she thought, oh my God, maybe that's not what I'm going to get to be. And instead, she is so miraculous. She's up on Facebook. You can go check out her page and see who she is. But she's this incredibly inspiring, beautiful, strong person. And she just committed to teaching Elena how to interpret this character and what that experience was like. And sat behind the monitor being like, that's not how you can move your arm. You need, you know, she wouldn't do that. She, she, would, she wouldn't lift the tree like that. She wouldn't carry her hand that way. So it was just a constant... Um, eye on making sure that we were doing this accurately. And what I will say that's so important to all of us is that we knew we were going into a show portraying somebody with a disability. There's over 10 million people in the world living without limbs. We couldn't do this jokingly and just mm-hmm. throw it together. Right. Also, we didn't want the show to become just, oh, the show about the handless girl. We wanted you to, to get to know Minnow and love Minnow. And then I think eventually what will happen 
when you watch the show, you'll stop thinking about the fact that she doesn't have hands anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I worked with Christy Sita, at first I would look at her her stump and I, you know, I asked her a couple times, like, can I touch it? Can I? Because I hadn't ever been around somebody. It was a foreign thing to me and it felt mm-hmm. uncomfortable and I didn't quite know how to behave. And I think that's how we are as a society. Yep. And over time, within such a short amount of time, you know, there was just, that was just Christy and Christy was gorgeous. And it didn't even occur to me to notice that one part of her more than any other part of her. And that's what I hope our show can really do mm-hmm. for an audience. I really hope that that's what people take away. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's beautiful. And, but it's true that with this, fir- this first scene was just so powerful because it was graphic in that sense where yeah. it was like, put your hands up and those hands were not there. And yeah. then later on in the police station where she, she's actually pulling the hands out of uh, her pockets I that really is like right off the bat again like wow this is Facebook watch this is sacred lies like okay so what we're getting into yeah. what were your thoughts when you were seeing those scenes unravel I mean as soon as they were like we're gonna check your your pockets for anything sharp I was thinking oh okay when she like screamed I was thinking oh she had something sharp in her pocket yeah, yeah. so when she pulls out like a hand and then another hand I was like oh my gosh you know and and I mean are those her hands I mean she says they're her hands but like she also looked like they were somewhat healed. I, I didn't know if these, if they're like, how long ago she lost her hands. I, I know we're going to probably figure that out in episodes coming out, mm-hmm. but um, it was just, yeah, all of that really kind of set the tone for the whole show. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was so into it. I was like, well, what's going to happen next? Yeah, it was super jarring, especially I feel like we could all kind of relate to the sheriff in that situation because she's sort of like sympathizing with her and sort of like being really nice, questioning yeah. her. And then she kind of flips just because like that's, it, like you said, it's very kind of grotesque, kind of gory. And I don't know, I thought that we could really relate to that character in that situation too because yeah, they're they're not pulling any punches. Like they're showing it all. It's very like a grim fairy tale sort of situation. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Like, cause cause a lot of people don't know. Like the grim fairy tales, like they're real dark though. You know what I mean? Like they're like 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 Disney and other movies have like really cutened up. Which yeah. like yeah. it's dark, man. There's a lot of stuff that you try to tell their kids back in the day that like scared the mess out of them. You know what I mean? So like I was so it was like pleasantly surprised when I was like right at the gate, you're like no hands, and you're like that's like in the grim stuff. It'd be like it's grim. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I was really, like, I was just really, like, shocked to see that. But it was really awesome like, to see, like, a seasoned cop to even, like, scream. You know what I mean? Because she was like, oh, my God. Like, your hands are in her pocket. Right. You know what I mean? So it was it was awesome. And then during that whole scene, she's looking around. She's seeing the TV, all the noises. And there's mm. the, this notion of, okay, well, she's been in a cult for a long time. This is a whole new world for her. And yeah. I thought that was so beautifully told. What kind of driven you drove you to do that, to express that in that way? We talked a lot in the writer's room about how to see the world through Minnow's eyes. This Mm -hmm. show really needed to take you inside of her experience because she is such an unusual, complex character. We wanted to make sure that you could really empathize and experience what she experienced. And she's been living out in the woods for a really long time. And we wanted... to try to communicate that in a way that was visceral, that could get you on board with her journey for right from the first second. So, yeah, we talked a lot about the sound design and how the show would work that way. And then Scott Winant, our director, came in and interpreted that so beautifully. Yeah. Um, and then our post-production team comes in with all of that noise and layers mm-hmm. upon layers, you know, our sound designer, layers upon layers of all of that, of all of that um, texture to the show that really, I hope 
makes it makes you be able to feel the way that she feels oh, a little yeah. bit. I think yeah. it definitely did that, and I felt super. I, I felt like I was her in that instance because you're thinking, okay, she's not used to hearing all these sounds. We mm-hmm. hear like you know the coins in the the vending machine. We hear like the fizziness of her of the drink. Things we like take for granted. Yeah, all of that kind of thing. And so immediately, I I put two and two together. I'm like, she is not used to this outside world. She's used to being with people and trees and nature, and that is it. So I can only imagine not only is she like jarred into this new world, but she also has to deal with all of the the sound and like obviously like the the TV. She was like, no, it's too much, the too much sound, and it was just the whole thing was very interesting. I love how they that you guys did that. Yeah, and props to that actress um, Elena because she can convey so much with just just her facial expressions and her body language. Like yeah. she had so few lines at the beginning there, yeah. but I was like, I know exactly who this person is already. Yeah, just because what, she's so good at that sort of acting. Yeah. What were your thoughts, Taylor, on her that song that she was singing? Uh, now I'm a believer. Yeah. I thought that was so emotional. And I had never seen the song, obviously, sung so in that, that way. way yeah. yeah. It was really uh, tore my heartstrings. <laughs> Me too. And it's like, I, I didn't expect that to be what came out. I thought it would be, you know, some kind of more original song from her cult. But it's like a pop song. I know. And so that was a big surprise. And I thought that was really interesting. You never know which way the show's going to go, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it was a good tidbit into, oh, this is her background with the cult. But you guys do a great job laying down, just like balancing certain information while laying down, you know, withholding information and then giving us tidbits about the mysteries ahead. How do you find that balance? It's... It's not easy because we only have 30 minutes. Yes. So we have to think a lot about what do we need to push forward with plot, but never make it about plot, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think in order for the show to work, it always has to be coming from a place of character. It always has to be going from a place of you can relate to this person and what she's going through and be connected to her emotionally. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was a lot of deconstructing and going, okay, this is what we need to move forward in this episode, but let's not push everything into an episode so that we can let you kind of be in moments that are quiet or moments that don't aren't about a story point or plot point, but they're really about what's emotionally going on for her. And I think if you're making all your decisions from, like, what's emotional, what's going to make me feel something, mm-hmm. then I feel like the plot stuff works itself out. That stuff is, the emotional arc has to be the, mm-hmm. the right. front runner. So much emotion here, uh, especially when she, we move on to her heading into juvie. I thought that that was such, it was, again, another scene when, when she steps in where we see all the, the, the young women walking around and in the corridors, it just... Not a lot is said, but so much is said. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was so powerful. What were your first thoughts when you see her enter this new world? I mean, right away, you, you mentioned this earlier. She comes from a cult, but then going into juvie, it's almost like a separate type of a cult. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's moving from one to another, and they're totally different. And just seeing her reaction of like, what is this? What is that? I'm not used to ever seeing a place where everyone's packed into all these little rooms like that. And uh, yeah, like you said, a lot was said just by her eyes. And it's almost like there are little subcults or subgroups within like the juvie too. Like these people are the Christian girls. These people, you know, do this, do that. And so, yeah, it's interesting to draw those parallels of kind of where she comes from. It's so vastly different than where she is, but there's still those little parallels and connections. Yeah, it just kind of took me back when I was in high school when everyone has like their own cliques and stuff like that. Yeah. And and it was just cool. It just kind of brought me back to see like how that, like that is how it was. Like the jocks, I hang out with the jocks. Yeah. Like nerds with the nerds, you know, like chess team over here. So I just 
I think it was interesting from a different perspective. You know what I mean? Like ladies like locked up in juvie, like they still are in their own separate cliques. And she was just kind of like taking it all in. You know what I mean? She's walking around just getting, trying to get her bearings, still like processing everything that has happened in the last 24 hours. So I just thought it was, thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of... I've- I read that some people are making the comparison of this show. It has an aspect of like a teenage uh, Orange is the New Black. Do you think that comparison is fair? I love Orange is the New Black, so I would never be insulted by that <laughs> at all. It's a mm-hmm. great, amazing show. I, I think it is different because we're talking about children here. Mm-hmm. You know, and we the more you watch the show, I think that you'll see that these characters are, these are little girls. Mm-hmm. You know, in that way, the things they care about and the things that they're facing are slightly different. Um, on, we don't because we're only a half hour show and we have such an intense mystery to cover we don't actually sort of go off in individual stories with all of the girls inside of there the way Orange is the New, New Black does mm-hmm. I wish that we could because mm-hmm. they're so interesting and such great characters and each one of them has a story that we tried to really make clear on the show but the show's always really told from two perspectives and that's Minnow's perspective and Dr. Wilson's perspective so in that way, structurally, it's really different than Orange is the New Black, and then emotionally, it's really, it's, it's, it's teens. I mean, there are, you know, there are, in a given day, like 150,000 kids locked up in this country, you know? So, there's a, there, they have their own very specific stories to tell. Yeah. I love how you, you're saying there are the two perspectives, and it's Minnow and Dr. Wilson, because you can tell so much if it's only two people's perspectives. You know, you can really dive into yeah. the story, find out their backgrounds and, and how they're going to work together to come to the place that they need to come to. And so I love that, because we're going to get so much more information packed in with those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And um, I can't wait to talk more about Dr. Wilson. But before we do, I want to talk about Angel. And she kind of, she's her roommate and she gives her the ropes and all these all these rules that there are in juvie. Uh, if, call, if someone calls you uh, a Brittany, that means that they're claiming you and you're their B. Um, <laughs> there's that whole scene of them at the uh, having lunch and her throwing all these rules was, again, super fast paced. So these one liners that were so rich, I really uh, enjoyed it. Were you guys surprised that there were that many rules in juvie? <laughs> yeah. I was- I was like, oh my goodness! Like, but the whole the the Britney thing was kind of funny because you're talking like it's Britney B. Like, you know that I was like, wait a minute, is that? I just love that. So um, that was interesting. But um, it's it's crazy because you really want to know more about Angel, and she makes it pretty clear right away that she's not trying to help anyone or become a part of anyone's. Yeah, clip. she's a loner. Yeah, yeah, she's a loner. But you can kind of see her, even though she's very tough, she empathizes a little bit, and that's why she's telling her all these rules so she's not just blindly coming in, not knowing what. Absolutely. Yeah, she's like like the angel character is my favorite kind of character. I feel like because she's so tough on the outside, but you can just tell there's more in there. There's a softness to her. Yeah, I sure. love the little like sassy moments she has where um, she's like, "I don't want a roommate," and the um, guards like, "Does this look like the Marriott?" Yeah. Like that made me laugh so hard. No choice here. Honestly, I just I really really am excited to see more of her because I think that she might be like my favorite character right yeah. now. Yeah, everyone has like their own journey. We don't know her journey. We don't know why her exterior is so tough. You oh she's in juvie but like there's there's more to her um there's reasons why she's like that but at the same time she still is like she's still kind enough to let her show her the ropes because you you like it's like that first day of school like you you want to know what to do what not to do what teacher's cool not to piss off so it's really <laughs> good to have like a person like that just kind of like show you how things go so it was kind of cool yeah and she she keeps saying that it's because she doesn't she she's saying that you're gonna i'm gonna have to take care of you later down the road so this is yeah. to protect myself but yeah. i was seeing an underlying tone of like 
like maybe you do want a buddy and I feel like there's going to be a bigger relationship here than just helping her out oh, yeah. for her own gain do you, yeah do you, Evan you agree yeah yeah because it's like you don't like she's been in there for a little bit and she's she knows the deal because she like we we all want friends though let's be honest like even like no matter what though we all want somebody to, even even somebody to push around you know <laughs> like for like what like regardless of what her motive is she I think it's kind of refreshing to see Lil you know see her come in here like okay I can just kind of show this this rookie the ropes but you know mm-hmm. but I can have a friend too you know maybe that's what her intentions are as well yeah um and one of the main takeaways also is that she says that to survive here you have to trade trade is the law of the land uh if you want girls to be nice to you you can also trade nail polish but <laughs> that is a big lesson trade is so important that comes into play when we meet doc- uh, detective wilson yes uh, dr wilson who's also a detective through the fbi who does he's research not, he's not a detective he's not he no called- he's a forensic psychologist very okay. different thing just want to clarify great, great yeah Okay, so he said he called. He says that he works for the FBI as a forensic psychologist. As a forensic psychologist. Okay, cool, great. Well, thank you for yeah for letting us that. Um, I and that comes into play when he comes and he meets her and yes. she he's asking for all this information and I thought that was so smart how she looks at him. She goes, "Well, what are you training for this yes. information?" Yeah. I was like, "Yes, she's learning. She's learning." I was so proud of her. Were you excited, Taylor, when you saw? Oh, for sure. I love how that kind of like weaved back in. I love it when things are kind of the seeds are planted and yeah. then they come back just a couple minutes later. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Cuz she could have easily been you're like, "Okay, here's the information," mm-hmm. but thank goodness Angel told her that cuz hopefully that will lessen her time or like make her time there less. Hopefully she'll get parole. Right. Yeah, she kind of just got there though. It's not like like she's not gonna just trust an outsider right off the bat. Like you can, she he dropping a lot of titles and stuff like that, but that really means nothing to her at the moment. You know what I mean? She's still like except processing her situation. So so I, I think she's smart enough to like hear him out, see what's going on. But let me just let's see what he has to offer before I just because I because I don't want to go spend five years in, in jail. So let me see what I can do. Right. Because what's at stake is this recommendation letter yeah. to help her get out of juvie earlier uh at 18 she can um ask for parole so i i hope that's gonna go towards her favor um but again it's just i love how you guys are just building so much tension i really appreciate so much is at stake here and it i just love the show i just have to say (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much i'm glad you love it so much i think what's so cool for me about that moment with um with minna where she makes a deal with wilson is it shows us so much that she's a survivor right Mm -hmm. and how smart that she's listening to every detail Mm -hmm. and she's absorbing everything and that really becomes a part of her character going forward it sort of gives you a hint into she's no fool she's watching everything Mm -hmm. she's taking everything in and Mm -hmm. Also, you know, you should be wondering whether you should trust her all the time, too, because she's right. complicated. She's, you know, she hasn't always done great things herself. Yeah. And Dr. Uh, Wilson kind of mentions that, too, because he says, I think you I think, you know, more than you're leading on with the whole Starburst scene. Yeah. He just she was just like, I can't do it. And, he, and I love how he he knows so much, but it also makes me question, like, what are his intentions? Mm-hmm. How come he knows so much? I know it's his job, but. Am I wrong to think there's something fishy there? Do you feel no, that too? There's Taylor? something. I feel like there's something way more personal. He he just seems to know her so well. It's like how and why, and it's got to be deeper than just oh I study cults. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I mean you can, <laughs> you can definitely tell that he's he's very good at his job. Um, so yeah, yeah, he might know more information because he's that's you know what he's he's done. He's researched those types of people. But yeah, there's like a 
something behind his eyes that it's like he's not telling everything. You know, he's got some agenda or he has some information that he's not letting on quite yet. I've um I've, I got a pool for the brother in the, in, the, in the show. You know what I mean? I can't uh, <laughs> I can't uh, I can't turn my back on this so fast. This, let me get a couple episodes in right now. I'm on I'm on his side right now. He he's as pure pure as intentions. His heart is pure. His heart's in the right place, and he's pulling for it. That's so that's I'm gonna stick with that. Okay, all right. A couple weeks later, we'll see how I feel. <laughs> no spoilers from me. I'm not gonna <laughs> take go. sides here. <laughs> Fair point, fair point. But, we, I mean, there is, it's quick, but we do see him uh, on his car seat. He has mm-hmm. a bottle of liquor that's going back and forth. Mm-hmm. So maybe studying cults is a tough job, but sure. also drinking slash having a bottle next to you while you're driving does not show that you're the most professional person, I'm dare mm-hmm. say. I don't know, but we'll see more. Open container. That. Open container. <laughs> <laughs> don't oh, <no>. try this <laughs> at home, kids. <laughs> don't do oh, it. Oh, my gosh. Well, when it comes to a character like him who's so complex, and I feel like a lot of these characters have different layers, again, how do you find that balance of letting us into his world by you're pulling us in and you're giving us tidbits, but you're not giving us all the answers? How do, can you tell us more about the process in the writing room? Well, for me, that's the most fun thing about television, serialized entertainment, really, is that you don't have to give everything away Mm -hmm. at first. You can kind of peel the onion. And that's the really exciting stuff Mm -hmm. is to give it, you know, to start with the top layer and pull everything back episode by episode. And yeah, there are surprises. He has secrets. And there are things in his past that make this particular case really meaningful to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and you should wonder whether you can trust him. All yeah. of that is is the fun. I write television because I'm always looking at the world through some other perspective than my own. If I'm in my car, I'll look over and see somebody driving next to me and think, what's going on in their head? Like, what do they do for a living? What's that? What's that song playing? Why do they listen to it? What would it mean to them? What's that thing on their dash? You know, and I start to fill in an entire story mm-hmm. about who they are and where they came from, mm-hmm. and try to imagine the world through their eyes. And that's always what I've done since I was just a little girl. It's like playing dress up with somebody else's life in a way. You yeah. can kind of put yourself in their shoes. And so when I write or when I run shows, it's about putting yourself inside of somebody else's world. And trying to see it through their side, through their eyes. I never believe in bad guys. Mm. There are no such things. Everyone's the hero of their own story, mm. and that's yeah. what's always really fun to write. Are the people that are morally complicated, like all of us, actually are or are capable of being? I love that. There's yeah. There, it's it's not always black and white. There's gray, and yeah. and a lot of characters. Oh, I'm the hero. I'm the bad guy. I love when it's mixed because you have a bunch of layers and you never know, oh, are they going to make the right decision or are they going to be the quote unquote bad guy at this time? It's always like interwoven. Right. I mean, it just shows also in terms of television, there's so much out there. And that's why I'm so thankful to After Buzz to have these platforms where we can just like dissect because there's so much to talk about. And we have shows like Sacred Lies. We have that just discuss cults. We uh, Taylor and I did a, did a cult and extreme belief uh, show, which is an A&E show that's super fun. So um, our audience, I really urge you to go on YouTube and subscribe to. We have a dramas channel. We have a, a reality channel. Like any genre that you like, we have a channel for. And what's really cool about YouTube, if you like just subscribe 
subscribe, then it kind of gets uh, catered to you, and yeah. you kind of get it's like a Netflix of our sort. And yeah. I'm so happy to be adding a Facebook Watch to our roster. Awesome. Yeah. It was super. I, this was the first Facebook Watch show I had seen, and mm-hmm. I super easy. I didn't even have to download an app; just go directly like on a little tab and type in even on Google. Super one click is the yeah. first thing that pops up. Um, did you guys like, enjoy the Facebook Watch experience? Yeah, I did. It was very easy, and it's it's all free, correct? All of the series that's very unusual yeah, I'm nowadays. Free. Yeah, I'm all about free. Um, yeah. I'm lazy, man, so like I'm always on Facebook, so I like to do the show right on Facebook, so I appreciate you. <laughs> you know what else is super cool about being on Facebook that I wasn't prepared for until we premiered two days ago? Mm-hmm. Is that I get to watch the amount of people that are watching my show, and I know every minute of every day how many people have watched it, and then I get to actually hear what they think right away, so cool. and they can act, talk to me, and they can talk to my cast, they can talk to the production designer, awesome. they can talk to the sound engineer. Like everyone's on Facebook, and everybody on this show I know just really wants to engage with people and talk about what they did because they loved it so much. So That's awesome. it's the coolest thing ever. I didn't know how cool it was going to be until it started, and now I'm just. I'm loving being able to interact with the people who are really getting to observe the contact. Yeah. So you're yeah. definitely in the comment section talking to oh people. Oh my god, I'm looking <laughs> at it. Right now, it's a, it's a little obsessive. I'm gonna have to stop because I just can't. I'm like liking everyone's comment when they say, it's good. I'm like, like! Yeah. Thank you! I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. That well, makes it more of a personal experience, too. You know, everyone yeah. loves to interact with people who have been involved with the show. It makes it oh, more yeah. exciting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and later on the show, we'll, we'll post some of those uh, comments from the, from the live uh, Facebook. I mean, Again, I think it's really cool to see how television is growing. We're not necessarily attached to a big network, and now it's more digital. And like you're saying, as a creative, to have that proximity to your fans is so, so cool. And as a community, I really enjoy that, too. I was hopping in the comments to see what people were thinking. And yeah. it just it's this whole community, Sacred Lies community. Yeah. Um, let's move on to a character. Uh, so Philip, who's a schizophrenic. So we in the, he's the first person we see um, on the floor uh, in the first uh, scene. And then later on, we kind of figure out what had happened to him. He was attacked by her in, honestly, pretty violent way. Uh, I had never seen a character with such green eyes with like I guess they look like he looked like almost like a little demon. Did he did he scare you, Evan, when you first saw him? Yeah, it was crazy because um Because first of all, I was like, man, how does she, man, how does she, um, man, how does she take this dude down? Because he had, you know, had the, the, the scary eyes and things like that. It's very mysterious the way it was shot in the, in the darkness. And I just got done watching a horror movie yesterday, so it was like really kind of like got me at the wrong time. So I like, I like that there's a little bit of a, a scary element to the show. You know what I mean? Because I really did not know what to expect when I when I first put it on, and I, I like being pleasantly surprised like that. So it was, it was, it was nice. Yeah, his eyes were like, like yeah, like you were saying, it's almost like. Inhuman, which is why, Absolutely. you know, that's the whole point of it. But he had, you could just see it behind his eyes. He was up to no good. Yeah. yeah and like, I forget which character it was. I think it might have been the sheriff. I was like, yeah, I mean, he's off his meds, but he's like pretty harmless. And I'm like, but do you think so? Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> just remember, though, that you're seeing the world through her perspective right now. Yeah. Just remember that, like, whatever she escaped from or wherever she's coming from. She's she has a very particular point of view that Absolutely. may or may not be the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. That's a great point because those eyes were so green and as you're saying it's just that is that really what she's seeing mm-hmm. and then she refers to those green eyes as God eyes and that she was trying to kill God. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll, I mean I'm sure we'll learn more about that but I was very surprised. I'm like, "Oh, that that's why." And right. she just showed how much, you know, like anger and so much trauma that she this poor girl has. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if, if, if in her cult, it's a religious cult, and 
you know, they are striving to be more godlike is what I'm assuming. So for her to want to kill God, there's a whole backstory oh, there. Whole lot when and how she turned and made the flip on like, no, this is not what I want anymore. We don't know yet. So that entire storyline is a huge gap where I'm just like, okay, we have a lot of filling in to do. So I'm interested to see how all that's going to work out. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's really neat. And as mentioned earlier, Taylor and I um, covered this show for After Buzz, Cults and Extreme Beliefs, and that was a big, this idea of survivors and how important survivors are. And then we you talked about, that was one of my favorite scenes was when uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Wilson was saying that history is told by the survivors, mm-hmm. and there's something so powerful about yeah. that. And um, I feel like there's a lot of respect when this show is, you know, it has some some sci-fi, some drama, but there seems to be like a big respect for the idea and the notion of surviving a cult. Uh, can you speak a little bit more on those decisions? Well, something that people, some people know about me, but um, is that I grew up in a cult uh, for a couple of years. When I was a kid, I was a part of the Rajneesh cult. So if you've seen Wild Wild Country, um, I didn't live in the or- the Oregon commune that all kind of went to hell. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but I lived in a commune in, in Laurel Canyon that was an offshoot of, of the Rajneesh cult. And I say cult because loosely because when you're in it you don't think you're in a cult Mm -hmm. you know you think you live with a bunch of friends of your mom's who are kind of cool and throw a lot of parties and that's really what i remember i had a very positive experience um i had a lot of fun it felt like an endless party for about two and a half years and nothing sort of traumatic or awful happened to me at all the thing that was interesting to me about it was they would all sit on the floor. I remember in this big living room, weirdly, we lived in a house that belonged to the band The Monkees, or <sighs> some of the people who performed the song I'm a Believer, which is all sort of tied into. <laughs> so we lived in this big giant house, and we would all, they would all sit on the floor, and they would watch VHS tapes of their guru, Rajneesh Bhagwan, and he would be telling these discourses and stories. And I was like six, and I would sit there and think, I mean, this is all fine, like, but I don't get what they see. You know, why Why do they worship this guy? And my whole interest was not so much in I want to worship this man, but in how do you become that man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my whole life after that, I was just really fascinated in, in that belief and that need to believe in something that so many people seem to have. And I don't know that I have it. But I have a a very strong intellectual curiosity about that feeling. And so our goal with the cult element was not to judge the people that go into this thing, but to try to tell the story of what it's like to have that righteous sense of purpose and that belief in something and then have it kind of fall apart and all the steps and phases of how that happens. And that's a lot of what the show covers. Yeah. Um, what, do you, um, what do you think, like, draws people into, into cults? Like, you know, what do you think is the allure to a person that just they falls into that? Because it has a negative connotation, negative sure. mystique about it, but from a different perspective, it's, it's not like that at all to some people. Yeah, I will say I think I think a lot of people are drawn in by looking for a sense of family, a family that maybe isn't the one that they had growing up. A lot of people aren't born into families that work for them or that really understand them or that are functional. So I think a lot of people are looking for that other places. And then also just a sense of meaning of belonging to something, you know, that there's a purpose to your life. One of the things that can happen is that when you you know get depressed over your life is just why am I even here? What is the point? And we have so many choices these days in our modern lives of things that we could do or be, and sometimes that makes you just kind of feel like I don't even know where to start. 
And a cult, I would imagine, gives you a direct sense of if you just believe in this thing, if you just follow this thing, then then everything in your life will make sense. And I think for a lot of people, it works. That's, yeah. a, that's an point. interesting, Wilson. yeah, that's a very interesting point of view because, yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't look at it like that. They just think, oh, this is something negative. They're up to no good yeah. or, you know. When they hear that word cult, it just, they, they feel a certain negative way about it. Yeah. Instead of approaching it like it's a religion, you know, they're like, okay, well, wait a minute, this person, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there uh, any specifics from your childhood that we're going to see on screen? Well, the show is not a, a direct sort of... Uh, it's not directly based on anything from my childhood, right? Mm-hmm. I actually had a really positive experience. All, nothing bad happened to me in that way. Um, so, no, but there are details that I always try to... You always bring as much specificity. For instance, all of the cult members wear blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they wear a specific shade of blue. And when I, the cult I was a part of, they all wore red and orange and purple. And so what we would do is we would take all of our clothes and they would dye them in a one big sort of vat. Oh. So my socks my underwear, my t-shirt, my pants, like everything would be the same color of red, right? And imagine that me and then 10 other kids are going to public school wearing those clothes. Yeah. And what that experience was like, right? And it just, you know, it's so details like that, that I feel like I, we put into the show that are subtle. Um, And then of course, just some of the emotional questions that I ask about cults, but our cults, spoiler alert obviously the girl has no hands and something happened to her there so it's it's not a good yeah. place ultimately <laughs> yeah. and I, I that that doesn't is not a reflection of my childhood experience wow that's so interesting mm-hmm. I really I, I again like this this show keeps on just having these dialogues I think are really important and oh, I, just, yeah. I love being pulled into the sacred lies uh, world and another conversation that we kind of had between uh, Angel is that she was saying that you for sure are going to join the Christian girls and she's like but I'm not Christian why would I join them she goes well you have religion in your blood and this idea of you're part of this religious uh, cult and then you leave it where are you left with your faith I thought that was such a great way to open up that dialogue yeah. and it seems very like a very complex notion do you guys agree yeah. very complex for sure. Yeah, just because one of those things where she she can sense that you might not you might have a like a not an affinity towards Christians, but you're you're religious in some aspect. There's something in your heart that makes you a part of something, and she and they, so she doesn't know. She kind of rubs her the wrong way, but but like I said, there's I think there's a lot more to Angel than than meets the eye. Yeah, I think it was interesting to see how Meno might not be exactly lined up with the beliefs of her cult too, mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. kind of get that in where she's like, well, the prophet said that it was unnatural for all these people together. And then Angel's like, oh, well, I've met a lot of people who have problems with that. And she's like, I don't have a problem with that. So I'm like, was she, you know, in conflict with some of the beliefs? Like, were they not as straightforward as we're thinking? Like, I'm really anxious to see the more, you know, logistical side and technical side of what they actually believe, what they actually did. And I'm really anxious to see that in the upcoming episodes. She's definitely... A rebel, you can tell. Mm-hmm. She she's not just the by the book person, like believing everything that everyone in her family or friends have told her to believe. She's starting to get her own ideas, and she's maybe seeing how certain things are not ethical or right or morally right in in her beliefs. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our our discussion on the this review of the show. Unless you guys have any last thoughts you want to bring up before we head into our other segments. 
As, as, I'm That's going home good. tonight and I'm going to be watching the second episode. <laughs> yeah, same. Because I had to talk about it so we didn't spoil the second one for you guys, but I'm going home tonight and watching this. I know. <laughs> Aww, thank you, guys. You know yeah. you have a hit on your so hands. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You know you have a hit on your hands when we're all just like, oh, want to see the next one, want to see the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan, do you have any anyone in our live chat that we would like to shout out? Because we, again, we love you guys so much for tuning in. Oh, yeah, my man, Johan Payne is in there. He's always uh, he's always watching. He's always, he's like my favorite person. So, <laughs> I was glad he's on and watch it. Uh, he like he's like a super after buzz like guy. So, All right, oh, shout out to Johan, but he watches everything and um he's always positive. He's always tweeting. He's always retweeting. We so, like that. Shout out to Johan Pena. Um, he's, I'm sure he's watching the show. And um, Phil's watching. Uh, Phil Svitek's watching. Uh, Kevin Undergaro said that he just caught the show. It was amazing. Um, you're an amazing creator. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, for, for that me. shouldn't come of any surprise though. I mean. I also kind of just want to say this is like a little bit off topic but I love how much like comedy is sort of infused into this too yeah. like especially all the little puns and jokes like with her hands like she's like well I can't really open that now can I and yeah. and all of the little like puns that are kind of infused into this and just going back to kind of what you said earlier about um, like showing handicaps kind of on TV I didn't mm-hmm. honestly even think about that when I was watching this because I think that that you guys are doing such a good job already about making us forget about that part of it mm-hmm. because kind of in the opening scene we establish that you know we kind of bring it up every once in a while but she really is just like a normal not normal I guess but I mean she's just like any other person and that's like the least interesting part of her and so I think that's so cool because it's not in your face at all about like oh she's doesn't have any hands it's just a really interesting sort of way to like bring representation so right. like props to you for for that thank as well. you yeah. it was so important that means so much just because it was so important that she's never a victim yeah. we didn't want to just make a show where you just are oh feel sorry for the poor girl lost her hands we make a show about a, a survivor we want to make a show about a badass yeah, yeah. and so. she, she never lets it define her you know mm-hmm. she she has yeah it's amazing yeah as angel puts it she's handy capable yeah really, really cute another great one liner there um, let's head into our special segment that it. Taylor has with us. She's prepared some little trivia. We like to call this trivia time with Tucker. Yes. <laughs> so afraid right now. I apologize in advance. I know nothing about anything. <laughs> well, we can all play. I'll be yeah. a little moderator of this. Um, but there's just some questions about some of the actors. So if you're like fans of them, you can get more familiar and know where to go to find more of them in between waiting for this bomb show every yeah. week. So, which sci-fi show has actress Kiana Madeira, aka Angel, not appeared on? So, which one has she not appeared on? A. Winona Earp. B. Dark Matter. Or C. Killjoys. Dark Matter. No. <laughs> Killjoys. <laughs> I'm gonna say not not Winona Earp. Okay, well, it's actually not Killjoys. <laughs> I'm so, sorry, Kiana. I love you. Okay, it's all right. But you guys can go catch her on Winona Earp or Dark Matter if you're a big fan of her, which oh, wow. I know I definitely yes. am already because she okay. killed it. And make sure to check out the after show once you do because yes. we got to cover it. Yeah, yeah, we do. So Kevin Carroll, a.k.a. Dr. Wilson, was in the critically acclaimed show The Leftovers. What was his character's name? Oh we have A, John Murphy, <laughs> B, Joe Smith, or C, James Madison. Uh, James Madison. John Murphy. 
John Murphy's correct. Yay. There you go. I there do you know go. that. I'm a huge leftovers. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Okay. See, you're you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, which young adult movie did Elena Kinporis star in? A. The Fault in Our Stars. B. Before I Fall. Or C. Paper Towns. Ooh, Ooh. I know. I want to say oh. Paper Towns. <laughs> He's like, a question mark? Before I fall. Correct! Yay! Oh. Ding, 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 ding! So you did like two out of three. Yeah, yeah. we have know. a clear winner. We have a clear I'm so winner. Tiana. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Awesome. Um, but speaking of Elena, she did such an amazing job just uh, portraying this character. Do you have any tidbits you can share with us in terms of the casting process? Yeah. Oh my god, it was a worldwide casting process. It went on for four months. We looked Ooh, in wow. Australia, we looked in England, South, South Africa, Canada. U.S. We saw hundreds and hundreds of actresses. Elena, the audition piece was singing the song I'm a Believer, right? And what we were looking for was somebody who wasn't singing that like, we're singing a pretty song and I'm performing. We needed somebody who understood that this was a memory and it's attached to something important and it's raw and wasn't afraid to not sound perfect and not look perfect and uh, and that was her audition and it just blew me and the director and everybody away and um, she had to spend about you know a total of six months with her hands taped up uh-huh. she had to learn to do all of these things that in a way I don't know what it's like to not have hands but in a way I imagine it might be harder to try to do what she had because she had the actual appendages mm-hmm. but she couldn't use them so she constantly had to have them in these really odd positions while trying to emote and act and make it all look like effortless and I'm not trying to pick up the you know she had to make everything seamless and be super aware because it was all VFX she had like green dots all over her and like it was just such a complicated performance to find a young actress of her age to be the center of a show Mm -hmm. and do all of that work with prosthetics and all of that stuff was really really challenging and she is Epically talented, yeah. wow. so incredibly job. talented. They, they made it look so realistic too. Like you would, you would have thought that the actress, you know, didn't have hands. You know, it would it, amazing how you guys did that. Um, I did Thank want to you. say, I know that I read in an interview, um, thehollywoodreporter.com, that your parents were creatives. So did they play a big part in who you are today? Absolutely, my parents played a big part. My my father was a playwright. Um, not a very successful one. He was an underground playwright here, mostly in Los Angeles, and uh, his name was Neil Tucker, and he was really fabulous. And uh, unfortunately, he passed away um, from AIDS mm. back in the 90s, right in the height of the crisis before um, the drugs were out. So it was super sad. He was an active big part of the gay community. And my mother is still alive, and she's in Spain, and her name is Joy, and she is a she was a fashion designer and um, and costume designer, and incredibly creative my whole life. And they both pretty much identified that I was a writer when I was about three or four, and encouraged me to do that, and left me alone to kind of pursue all of my wacky, crazy choices in my life, and have just been so supportive. That's amazing. That's That's so neat. Yeah, if you guys, make sure to check out that article that was written on thehollywoodreporter.com because I learned so much about you in that interview. (laughs) And it was just crazy to see everything you've gone through in your life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, coming from, you know, the Colts to going to Spain and then coming back and just your journey. So, guys, please check that out. I learned so much. 
Yeah. I just want to know, and like you're obviously so, so inspiring, especially I feel like to people who want to maybe break into this industry, either as a showrunner, a writer, producer, anything like that. Do you have any advice for anyone looking to kind of break in? I absolutely have advice for anyone breaking in. And my advice is there is no escaping making your own original work. There's no shortcuts beyond that. You have to just keep making things because you're not good yet if you just started. You mm-hmm. may think you are, and it's going to take years for you to be good. But if you keep doing it and keep creating your own work, eventually you can do this. Big thing is don't just try to imitate everybody else. Figure out what your story is. What do you have to contribute that's different than anybody else? And keep making that even when people tell you, no, nah, that's not good because next time – it will be. Yeah. Well, you're that. contributing to so much to the show. I mean, writing, producing, just how how is it wearing so many hats on set? It is the most incredible job in the entire world. Being a showrunner is the very, very best thing to do. Um, it's the hardest thing every day, and there's no formula, and it, you never know what to expect and what disasters are going to happen. You have to be able to manage about 600 different types of personalities. Wow. <laughs> and you also have to be able to go away and sit down and fill a blank page with a script and have a really strong point of view. Most of my job all day is making really fast decisions, mm-hmm. and they have all kinds of consequences. So it's like gray or black, this person or that person. Do you, you know, do you want her to say this line or that line? Can we cut this moment? Can you know everything that you do? You can't sit there and think, oh, I don't know, maybe let me talk yeah. to somebody else. You can't. You just have to make a choice wow. and wow. live with that choice. And so. You know, that's that's the most that's the biggest part of it. So you got to have a strong point of view, be a strong person. And also, though, most importantly of all of that, I think, and isn't focused on enough is try to be kind, because so much of what we do is the process of making it. It's not just getting to see the show. And now you're all like, oh, do you like it? Do you not like it? It's our lives. The people who do this are lived while we make things Mm -hmm. together. And so I've never always been the best person, but I'm working really hard to be a good person and a good boss and a good part of my community as a filmmaker because I think that's almost more important than whether or not the work is good. Yeah, I love that idea. This, the, the joy of the process is something that some people take for granted, but as you're saying, it's so, so important. Once you have that joy of the process, you, you're able to have a show so rich like Sacred Lies. So thank you for that. Thank you for having such a great yeah. team and letting us be entertained in this way. Yeah, We're yes. going to head into our last segment, which is our prediction segment. Oh. A little cool sound drop. And oh, lights. lights. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. In predictions, we kind of talk about um, what we, we theorize on what we think is to come, what we would like to happen. I know you can't really spoil anything, so just just sit there as yeah. we theorize. Okay. We're, we're not, we're not going to sit here and be like, so what are your predictions? You know? <laughs> That'd be bad. I would just be ruining it for all of Well, Dakota, start, start us off. Yes, my biggest prediction is obviously she's rebelling, right? So she rebelled from the cult, and somehow that contributed to her losing her hands in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know just based on IMDb and stuff, we're going to actually see like the cult leader and I think someone related to her, if I got the last names right, if IMDb got the last names right, let's be real. <laughs> um, but I feel like we're either going to get some flashbacks or maybe we'll have some people kind of 
more survivors come out of the woodwork that you know no one really knew about previously so i'm excited to see more of that cool aspect like actually visualized instead of just kind of alluded to Cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's probably, probably where my predictions go. Like trying to see more layers of the cult, the inception of the cult, what's going on in the cult. Like that's because everyone else has their all like their own little ideas, and like and she's being kind of tight lipped about it. So I think it's going to be cool to get some of that backstory. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see also who who's still who's in hiding because we know that you know there's two dead bodies there's her mm-hmm. and then there's some people who are in the woods and who are yep. attacking Dr. Wilson yeah, somebody knocked out the dog somebody <laughs> knocked him out so I can't wait to figure out who did that um, but unfortunately we're out of time and that wraps up our show thank you again so so much for coming by this was the best so I hope <laughs> you enjoyed yourself oh my god this was so fun thank you guys so much for watching the show and supporting it and we need all of your support right now we're a new show Peak TV so we appreciate all the love if people want to keep up with you maybe on social media or anywhere else like where can people find you I'm on Facebook great great that's the best one and Facebook is where we'll be every week Facebook watch you can also follow me on Instagram at Bonjour Juliet Dakota what about you you can find me everywhere at Mr. Dakota T. Jones you guys can find me on Twitter at Alphaba underscore Ann and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore Um, Evan T. Mac Instagram and Twitter I'll let you boy Thank you again. Bye, guys. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.